0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff and management. Welcome to Raising the Bar with your host, Amy Bredo. Do you ever listen to that inner voice? The one that tells you that you can achieve great things just by giving yourself a little push? Making that voice heard is what this show is all about. What if you could turn your negatives into positives? You'll hear from others who have embraced that personal drive and will help you raise the bar. Now, here is Amy Bredo.
1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Raising the Bar with me, your host, Amy Bredo. I am so excited and filled with so much gratitude today to bring you our guest. Uh, First, I wanted to kind of lay the foundation a little bit. You know, the whole reason I started doing this show, Raising the Bar, was to encourage, motivate, and hopefully inspire others to get up and do something and make a change in the world. And the person that's on our show today is the wonderful Simon Sinek. If you have not heard of him or heard him speak lately, please follow him or find him on YouTube. Subscribe to his channel at Simon Sinek. You can follow him on Twitter. And please, please visit his website at startwithwhy.com. Starting with why, that's not... Uh, an easy feat by any means. I, I have my hands in so many projects and I try to think about what I'm doing and how I'm doing it and just hoping that those actions convey why I'm doing it. And one thing one of the many things I've learned from Simon is I really need to start with why. Again, that's a play on his words, but it's it's a movement that is so true. Simon is an expert in evaluating people and culture and putting it into text, really observing and taking note of how, why, what people are doing and, and how they function in a society and a culture. And to me, that is so interesting. His mindset is so creative. His, his thinking is so profound, at least to me and to many of the people that I know that have listened to him. So it's really been a gift of so much value to my own life, in my business, and in my motivations and to um, places I serve that I just am super excited to share him with you. I found it a challenge to really sit down and evaluate myself. And we'll talk a little bit about his golden circle theory, which is so interesting. And I'm going to let him cover it and how it's set up with how and what and why, in what order those go in. But the thing that I realized with myself is Many of our listeners may know, and some may not, that I've got a foundation called the ECHO Foundation, and its purpose is to serve orphans and adoptive families and those children that are adopted. Uh, And, you know, I kept thinking to myself, why do I do this? Why, for me, has really been about feelings, and it was very difficult to put into words. And I want to encourage anybody that's listening today to to really think about the things you're going to learn and you're going to hear and evaluate yourself and really take notes on what your why is for all that you do. So it isn't so much, again, about the how or the what, but the reason, the why, the feeling. You know, so when I look at my drive for adoption and orphan care, For me, it was really about the serving. For me, it was about things that I have experienced as far as maybe neglect or abuse. And I haven't experienced the worst things, but I can relate. And so I've taken that empathy and it causes me to want to touch those lives because I believe that everybody deserves to have a family. I believe everybody deserves to be provided for and i believe it's our job to serve others that have less or that have nothing and so that's my why
0: we're making it easier to listen to the voice america talk radio network live wherever you go on iphone blackberry or android download it from the apple itunes app store blackberry app world or android market
2: When you see someone, are you seeing the person or the perception? We see labels such as fat, thin, black, white, rich, poor, but we don't always see the true identity. Listen for New Dimensions with Reverend Nicholas Barrett. On this program, we'll embrace the breaking down of societal paradigms, our norms, and acceptance of our false selves. You can find your identity the way that God intended. Forget all the labels that you think you see. Tune in every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment.
3: Have you considered expanding your family through adoption but don't know where to start? Are you looking to get some answers and direction on how and where to start? Reach out to the community at the Echo Foundation. The Echo Foundation offers five distinct areas of support. For those children in need throughout the world, we are here to support you. And guide you through your process and beyond. For more information, please visit amybrado.com and click on the Echo Foundation. That's amybrado.com and click the Echo Foundation.
2: Follow us on Twitter at Voice America Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN.
0: You're listening to Raising the Bar with Amy Bredo. We'd love to hear from you with any comments or questions about the show. The email address is amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. That's amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. Now, back to the show.
1: And with that being my why, it leads me to introduce to you again our guest today. Again, it's Simon Sinek, who basically is a leader... In the whole movement of inspiring others to do and act on what inspires them. Simon, thank you so much for being here today. You know, you um, are such an interesting person to me. I've had the opportunity to see some of your TED Talks, read um, bits of your books, and really watch a lot of you. And I wanted to thank you because you've really changed a lot of things for me (laughs) as far as being able to – to thank you to to put my why into words. And it was kind of my first question for you. You know, your methodology or your thinking I think is so I had said earlier is it's profound yet I would think more people would think like you as far as knowing their why. Was there a, was there something that that tripped that for you and thinking like, you know what? I need to explain this to people. They need to understand this in order to be successful in any endeavor, whether it's business leadership in their community or in their families. So what was it that made you feel like you really just needed to share this with the world?
4: My, the development of the why my own journey, um, was born out of pain. Uh, this was never an academic or commercial, um, enterprise, um, and it was a, I reached a point in my life where I had lost my passion for what I was doing. Um, and it was a really dark place. And um, I remember investing almost all of my energy in pretending that I was happier, more successful, and more in control than I felt. And, uh, and so it's not a nice way to live, you know? And it wasn't until a friend came to me who was worried about me. Um, she expressed concern for me. Did it give me the courage to try and figure out what was going on and find, find a solution? And that, that journey um, um, led me to discover, those was confluence of other events, but it led me to discover this, this thing called the why, this, this biologically true thing that exists in all of us, um, you know, that drives us and inspires us. Um, I knew what I did, and I knew how I did it, but I didn't, I didn't know why. And that was what was the reason that I had lost my passion. So I went on this journey to find my why. Not only did I, I find it, um, and it restored my passion to levels that I'd never experienced before. But I was able to figure out how to help others. So the first thing I did was I gave it to the people I loved. I shared it with my friends. And my friends started making crazy life changes because of it. And they started finding a joy that they'd never experienced before. And so my friends did what, their, what anyone would do. They wanted to share it with the people they loved. And so my friends would invite me to their apartments. I'd literally stand in someone's apartment in New York City and talk <laughs> about this thing called the why. And people would ask me to help them find their why. And I would do it for 100 bucks on the side, you know.
3: Right. And more and more
4: people just kept inviting me to share about it and talk about it, and and I just kept saying yes, and I reached a crossroads because I, I was you know I had this other business where do I write to protect this, copyright it, sell it, be a consultant, and make my millions, or do I give it away, right. and my why is to inspire people to do what inspires them, and so if I run it through the filter of my own why, I had no choice, of course, I give it away, of course, I share it, and so that 's what i did
1: and I have to thank you for that and thank you also for making yourself so available and approachable i have to tell you you know some background and the whole reason i do this show was to my hope was to inspire people to show them what i'm doing to inspire them to maybe share in that interest or basically also to get off the couch and just do something (laughs) you know because i feel like we were create we're created as beings to serve and for for me um A lot of my whys are driven from pain different from yours. And I think pain, I've even done a show on it, pain is a huge motivator. And it it can either motivate you to change or die. You know, and, and so I, th- I think identifying your whys for things is amazing. And, and so when I started this, I thought to myself, well, gosh, when I really get going, when I get plugging along, I want to talk to Simon Sinek. I remember telling my producer this. And so, you know, I shared about you and then I found your website and then all I had to do was ask. And I think I heard oh. back from Sarah the same day. So I want to just thank you for being available and um, giving and sharing of your heart because it's it's. Crucial, especially in the society that we live in
4: today. So, well, thank you. Uh, well, you know, there's, you. there's a whole bunch of us out there preaching a good message, and it's sort of, you know, we sort of all have a responsibility to help each other. You know, it's it's it, no one of us is gonna is gonna change the world, but if we all work together, we will. Um, so, you know, um, yeah, thank you for giving me a forum to share my ideas.
1: Absolutely. You know, so when you're speaking in people's apartments and you're sh- sharing with your friends and everything, what was your first? you know, like your, your biggest speaking engagement or or was, did you come up with, you know, I would love for you to share about your golden circle. I, you know, I had touched a little bit about it before you joined us. I would, I would love to hear, you know, was that already a vision in your mind you were sharing when you're standing in the apartments or was this something that kind of
4: developed? No, 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 no. My entire career was an accident, you know. Um, (laughs) I love it. um, This was not an Um, you know the only thing that i the only thing that goes according to plan is that the plan won 't go according to plan you know um, uh, and i i 'm a great believer in 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 planning the destination, in other words, having a vision of where you want to get to, but being open minded to the route and the strange thing is more people plan the route with no concept of the destination in other words, they know right. how they don't they want to do something but they don 't know why they want to do it and it 's the same thing as you know, somebody's saying to you, you know, I want to go on vacation. And you go, that's so cool. Where are you going to go? They go, I'm going to take uh, Route 95. They go, you go, amazing. Where are you going to go? They go, I told you, Route 95. Right. You know, and the problem is they so, they're so fixed on the, des- the, on the route. The problem is what, is, what if there's a, an accident or a detour in Route 95? Now what? You
3: know,
4: or if somebody offers them an opportunity, hey, you want to come on my private jet? And they go, yes, except the private jet's going in the opposite direction. <laughs> and so... I, so I've never, I've never been one to plan my route, but I do know my destination. I'm, I'm going across the country. I'm going to California, right? And so I think I can take Route 95, but if there's a, a detour, if there's a blockage, I can go around it because I know generally the direction I'm going in. And so sometimes people see me go sideways, and they kind of understand. They think that I've lost my focus, and the answer is no, it isn't. I'm just going around something. you know. And so if somebody says to me, you want to get on my private jet, I go, well, which way are you going? So I, the, the way I make decisions and the, the way I make partnerships or the way I make, you know, the, the choices I make of where I will speak is I, I work very, very hard to ensure that all the people with whom I work and all the organizations with whom I work are all focused on the same destination because that way they're helping me bring my vision to life. So it's not so opportunistic. It's, it's very, very driven by the why, and, but I'm totally open-minded as to the root. And so my career has, is, is a total surprise to me. Um, none of this was ever planned because it 's a different route than I had expected, but the destination has never ever ever wavered to create a world in which the vast majority of people wake up every single morning inspired to go to work, feel safe when they 're there, and come home at the end of the day fulfilled by the work the the work that they do that is unwavering
1: I love that. I wish you could see the smile on my face right now and i and I laugh at myself and i I think I blow my husband 's mind most often because i 'm very much like that. And I found it interesting in one of your – in one of your talks, you were talking about the two men building the wall. And one of them yeah. talked about and, – and I was thinking like, okay, great. I get it. You're laying these bricks. It's sunny. It's hot, but it pays the bills. And he's just building the wall and he doesn't know if it's even going to be finished in his lifetime. And then I saw myself in the second person when you're building the wall and you're going through the same set of you know, circumstances as the first person, but I'm building a cathedral And in my and in my mind, since an eight-year-old child, I have had this vision of doing these things in Africa and and adopting a child that was older. I decided that at eight years old, and you know, and then I did it years later. Clearly, and in my mind, I can I still see exactly what's going to happen with these partnerships I have in Ethiopia. But I. Don't get frustrated about the route, even though – well, sometimes I do. That's a lie. So, you know, if there's hiccups, I just kind of redirect and, and get there. And the closer I am to getting to that destination, I literally do. I wake up excited every day. Does You know, yeah. I don't always have um, income-producing activities every day, but I'm getting closer to my destination. And so I'm, I'm happy to hear you say that, to, to be not yeah. as concerned about the path but the destination. I love that. Love it. I'm
4: excited. <laughs> And, so, and for that reason, you know, you find yourself doing things pro bono a lot because it's more valuable right. to you than the money you could make somewhere else. You know, I'm always confounded by people who only chase the money. Yes, money is important, but money is fuel. Money is not a destination. Money is fuel for the journey. And of course you need money because you need to stay on the journey, right? You, we, right. We, we want to keep you in the game. But, but it's not a destination. Um, and so I, I do a lot of pro bono stuff when I believe that the value or how far it will advance me on the journey is worth more.
1: Right, than, right, I get that. And a lot of the way, a lot of the path I'm taking to this destination, right, you fund yourself, <laughs> you know, or, or, uh, or you, find, you find ways to do that. And, you know, I, I love um, that leadership in giant organizations see the value in what you're teaching. Uh-huh. And I love the fact that you say, you know, people, um, you know, when you talked about leaders e- eating last, you know, I know that's oh. kind of, a, you know, a different part of the subject, but that whole circle of why and serving is so hugely important. So when you are having these speaking engagements, what, you know, curious, what was your very first speaking engagement that you did where it was – You know, pretty decent crowd of people. What were were your feelings on explaining the why before the how and the what and the looks on their faces? Like, do you see people get it? We talked about people getting it and how they can't explain it. Well, you did. (laughs) I would love you to elaborate on that.
4: I mean, it depends on what your definition of a, a reasonable size audience, because, you know, I used to think 50 was huge. Right. You know? I and guess then I, I would thought two hundred was huge, and then I thought five hundred was huge, and then I thought thousand was a huge audience. So so it's 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 a relative it's a relative scale. But there's something magical about standing on a stage sharing an idea that is deeply, deeply personal. You know, that's the reason, you know, I speak with passion. It's not it's not because, you know, I'm passionate for everything in the world, I'm not, um, but I'm passionate for this. Um, and, and so there's something magical about standing on the stage, talking about something that you deeply believe in and you see an audience lean in and you see them nodding and you see, you can see the ah ahas on their face, you know, um, it's, it's pretty amazing.
1: I can imagine that your sense of fulfillment has to grow largely. Sorry, I'm not sure what that background noise is. Joseph, we might want to pause there for a second. All right, yeah, we're good. I'm sorry. I'll pick up. I, I, okay. I can imagine that that sense of fulfillment just continues to grow. Again, it doesn't mean you have to be exactly passionate with every person's why. But that click in that person's head of knowing their why, I mean, I just – I always resort back to – a smiling, <laughs> smiling face or that feeling. I love how you talked about the different chemicals that are released when we're satisfied or, you know, feeling affirmed. And it's interesting. I have such joy in you having that. <laughs> it makes me feel, it, it releases something in me chemically to know that you're receiving that by what you're giving. So it's, I love how it is. It's just that circle of that, you know, that sharing and that understanding or or leading people to understand. My mind is, um, I'm kind of on cloud nine just this morning, even just rereading some of the notes I had been taking and the things I had been reading and watching about your teaching. And I just wanted, again, say to you, like, I was able to put into words today my why on paper. Do I need to brush it up a little bit? Absolutely. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Um, (laughs) Great. Now let me pick up the notebook. You know, again, it was interesting. You had touched on Um, being driven by pain. And so as a child, I had experienced some neglect and abuse. Again, I related it to your comments about Martin Luther King. Had he experienced the worst of the situations when the civil rights movements and all those things were happening? No, but he believed. He believed in that cause. And so what I kept thinking about today is like, what is my why? What is my deal with kids and with orphans? And so I take my own experience of, of loss, abuse, and neglect and it, it really got me when you talked about the trust of touch. So when we're going, I want to fill people in when, you know, we're, we're um, solidifying a huge contract and every party agrees and everybody's excited and you go to shake hands with that other person and they don't shake your hand. Mm-hmm. You, you, you go in nervous or you don't go in at all. And I realized right. that, that as a child and even in many adult situations, um, that's an issue for me. And now realizing why I want to serve orphans is because I can draw from my own pain and realize what I was missing. Mm -hmm. And I believe that every child deserves to be touched in a loving manner physically and emotionally. They deserve Mm -hmm. to have their needs met as far as the food they eat and the clothes they wear. But they deserve to have those arms around them, letting them know mm-hmm. that they're safe. And safety has always been a huge issue for me, which I've known but don't always consciously think about. And when I was listening to you speak, I was like, oh, that's it. My mm-hmm. why is trust because mm-hmm. I believe that everyone deserves to really know and believe they can trust.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, I'll push you a little bit. I, I don't think I think you're on the right track because um, trust is a result, right? Okay, you okay. You, you can't give someone... You can't, like, create trust. You know, it's just like you can't manufacture loyalty. It's earned. It comes over time. And if you... You know, it's like... It's the same, same thing with, like, falling in love. There's, there's a million steps that you have to take of which the result is you fall in love with somebody. You can't just say, hey, I'm going to decide to fall in love with you. It just doesn't work that way. Or you have to decide to fall in love with me. Well, that's not fair. It's an unfair standard. And so of all the things you said... And it's not just about children either, right? right children right. may be the way you want to do it, but it sounds like what you want to offer people is safety, right? You want to make people feel safe in their environment, of which one of the ways you do that is uh, with, with human touch, right? And I'm right. sure there are many other ways as well, but by offering people a safe environment to be who they are, to be themselves, the result will be they will trust you. But you can, you can do things to offer people safety, to make them feel safe. Um, and only when you do those things repeatedly will they trust you, and that's when the calm will come. So I, I, would, I, would, I would push you a little bit to explore this concept of safety, which is something you can actively do, and then they will trust you, right?
1: Right. So, for example, provisions. And
4: you do it for everybody. You do it for your friends. You do it for your colleagues. Right. Like, you, you, you do it for everyone, which is why people love you. It's why people tune in to listen to you, because you make them feel that they can find the safety that they're looking for in their lives, whether it's professionally or personally. That's the goal. That's does, the destination. How, that, how does that sound?
1: <laughs> it sounds amazing. And, I, you know, I'm okay. scribbling notes while I'm talking to you at the same time. Well, the good news is
4: you're recording it.
1: <laughs> it's true, and I can listen to it over and over and over, which is, which is so great. So for somebody that might not really understand what we're speaking about because they haven't you know, seen your talks yet or read your books yet, how would you mm-hmm. explain to them the golden circle?
4: So every single organization on the planet, even our own careers, always function on the same three levels. What we do, how we do it, and why we do it. Right? Every single person on the planet knows what they do. These are the products we sell, the services we offer, the jobs we do. Everybody knows what their job is, right? You ask somebody, what do you do? They can tell you. Some people know how they do it. Some people can tell you what makes them different or special or, or, um, or stand out from the crowd, right? They know, how, right. They know their, their strengths or the differentiating value proposition or whatever you want to call it. But very, very few people can clearly articulate why they do what they do. And by why, I don't mean to uh, make money. That's a result. By why, I mean what's your purpose, what's your cause, what's your belief. You know, why does, your, why does your job exist? Why does your company exist? Why did you get out of bed this morning? And why should anyone care? So what most people do is they talk about what they do because it's the easiest thing to talk about. But it's the great leaders. It's the ones who have the capacity to inspire the people around them uh, for everything from everyone from Martin Luther King to Steve Jobs. What I learned was that they all start with why. They all start telling you why they're doing what they're doing, and then what they do serves as a tangible proof of what they believe. But they don't start by telling you what they do. They start by telling you why they're doing it. The best part about this is this is not my opinion. It's based in the biology of human decision-making. It's just how the brain works. So those with the capacity to not only understand their why, because first you have to to know your own why before you can communicate it, right? You have to have a sense of your own why before you can talk about it. Otherwise, it's just a feeling. So that's that's what that's what the why is, and that's where it comes from.
1: It's interesting how I feel like it shouldn't be difficult to put the why into words. <laughs> you know, and when you you speak about people saying they trust their gut and it just felt right yeah. it, it's it is it's so much easier to just say that versus um. It's difficult to really articulate that. So even when I was, you know, sharing with you my why and my destination of establishing trust and making people feel safe and cared for, because I feel they deserve it as humans, it is. It's still hard to describe your why. You know, you. I, I saw something where um, I think you spoke about how you met. And forgive me if I'm using the wrong wording, but you met like per se a, C- a CEO of a company, and mm-hmm. you know you knew your time with this person was very limited, and so instead of going up to him and saying what you did and who- your name and handing him your business card, you started with your why,
3: mm-hmm. and
1: I would love for you to just share your self-introduction, your why, because I think it gives such a good example, and I can keep listening to it over and over, <laughs> but so can our listeners. Sure. You know, I, I just, I think that was hugely important and so different that I am excited for it to become the norm.
4: Sure, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't always talk about my why, but I do talk about my vision, because my vision is born out of my why. And okay. my vision is the the, the the future state that I imagine that does not yet exist, that that is the way that I intend to bring my why to life. So my why, at its, at its, you know, at its foundational level, is to inspire people to do what inspires them. So together we can change our world. Right? That's why I do what I do. It's why I do everything. It's why my friends love me. It's why uh, um, uh, people read my books. Is that that that's what they're looking for. They want to feel inspired, they want to show up every day and, 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 and do things that inspire them. Which leads me to my vision. I imagine a world, right? Vision is something you can see. I imagine a world right in which the vast majority of people wake up every single morning, inspired to go to work, feel safe when they're there, and return home at the end of the day fulfilled by the work that they do. And it doesn't matter what I do as as long as what I'm doing is helping drive towards that vision. So I write books, I give talks, I advise people, anything. It doesn't matter, anything. Remember, the root is is I'm agnostic to the root, right? right? Anything to get to that destination, right? And I'm not the only person... Who, who will achieve that? I have, to, I have a responsibility to rally as many people to join me in this pursuit, to be you know, soldiers in the army, that every single one of us will commit our talents and our gifts to create this world that we all imagine. It is a shared vision.
1: That's amazing. I love that. And, I, and I'm sure just hearing you speak that again inspires me. And obviously I don't want to steal your vision.
4: <laughs> you know, no, 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 no. That's, 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 see, that's, see, that's where people are wrong. Oh. Right? Everybody thinks they have to have their own vision. And there's so much pressure put on us. You have to have a vision. Absolute nonsense. Absolute nonsense. You do not have to have your own vision. You have to find a vision that inspires you. Some okay. people are able to articulate their own. But some people are able to find it in the vision of someone else, which is why we follow martin luther king because he articulated the vision where we were unable to so you do not have a responsibility to have your own vision but you do have a responsibility to find a vision that inspires you whether it's mine or someone else's it doesn't matter right but uh, it's so much pressure that we're all walking around thinking i have to have a vision no you don't you have to find something or find someone that inspires you, and they are the ones who have found the words to articulate the world that you would like to live in, to articulate a vision of the world that you believe in. Well, commit yourself to building that. So steal a vision, absolutely steal a vision. Absolutely take somebody else's vision. I want many, many people to, to have the same dream as Martin Luther King. What use of it is if only one person has the dream. Right.
1: Right. Good. I'm glad you said that, and not because it's a scapegoat for me, but because I share in that that feeling and that passion of your vision. I want to inspire people to do things that they're inspired by. I want to inspire people by what I'm inspired by as well, and not for me, but for the service of others. If I hope that made sense so in my brain. Yeah, well, sense. then welcome, welcome to the audience. <laughs> you know, and so when I think about what you're sharing with me, it's like I'm alone in a room with you and I'm being taught. And I bet every person that hears you feels that. And again I just I thank you for that and I thank you for your ability to yes. articulate it because sometimes it's difficult for me where my passion and my drive and my feeling are there and my destination is I can close my eyes and I can see it. Um, yep. and again and again I I just might jog in my route. When things come yeah. up, so I, I love that you set that inspiration up for people, and I love that you um,
4: just took we a lot have of our und- own gifts. We all have I'm our sorry? own gifts, and we call, th- we all have our own gifts. And the reason they're called gifts is because they're for giving. Oh. You give a gift away; that's why we call it a gift. You have a gift; you have a responsibility to give it. It's called a gift. It's not something you have; it's something you're supposed to give away. Right? What's the point of buying a birthday present for someone else if you don't give it to them? It's a gift that you have that you (laughs) give away. Right? Now, we all have different gifts. Mine is the ability to put into words the things I can see. That's all I got. Right? I'm not very good at structure. I'm a pretty crappy business person, but I got (laughs) one thing. Okay? I can put into words the things that I can see in the future, and that's my gift, and that's what I give away. And so if that helps people, then good. I'll keep giving it. Other people have a gift of building. Some people are spectacular at building organizations. And maybe they don't have the ability to articulate the vision. So that's fine, too. I need to surround myself with those people, and hopefully those people will help me build the vision. Right? It takes an army of us. And if we all could do the same things, that's why I hate when anybody says, you know, you have to have your vision. No, you don't. You have to know how to build a structure. No, you don't. You have to build on your strength and find the people who can do the things that you can and work together. That's
1: what works. Amen to that because you just took a ton of pressure off of me and I'm sure many people that are listening. uh, I do that to myself and I I love – I'm thankful actually that you're like, I'm a crappy business person. I've done a couple different businesses in my life. I have a, a few things currently. I'm good at it when I apply actually a lot of what I learned from others. But I find that my drive is more so in the speaking and in the encouragement and the helping people identify their belief. And it's interesting that I have a much easier time helping people identify their belief or self-analyzing or getting them to their why, if you'll have that, than sometimes I am in articulating my own. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
4: um, I mean, I mean that's, your, that's the thing you do. That's your gift.
1: So I love that you tell people to to play on their strengths, find a vision that works, that they can apply to their own life and move forward. Mm -hmm. You know, how do you feel? um, Obviously, you speak to many corporations as well as individuals. Do you have Mm -hmm. any kind of different satisfaction from, from those? I mean, to really feel like you're making a difference in a corporation is huge. Leadership is huge. And I think in this whole movement of, like, self-improvement and the seek the secrets of this and manifesting that. And, and I'm not taking away from it, but sometimes I also find I need more um, concrete vision. Or, you know, when I see things in my mind, um, I guess those things I feel I apply to my path when maybe sometimes I shouldn't. And then I stumble in my journey versus just pushing forward and not worrying about all these outside things that are going on right now in our culture that are telling me that I need to think that way or envision this way. So I like that you t- you really took that pressure off for me and hopefully a lot of people listening. Um, when you find that you can change a leadership mentality in a company that has to feel, uh, you, you know, you get that rush, that feeling of of accomplishment. And I also do get a great sense of humility from you as well. Again, you're very easy to speak with. You're very giving. And I'm so appreciative and, and grateful for that. Have you seen, has there been anybody, and you don't need to name them specific though, that has really had a, a, a shift of 180 degrees by what you have taught them or shared?
4: Um, I, I mean, I hope so. Um, I know that people come up to me sometimes or send uh, letters saying saying that their lives have changed uh, because of my work, which is incredibly humbling, but at the same time, you know, I see the, all of that as, as tip of the iceberg. You know, one of my pet peeves is, you know, when you listen to some of these motivational speakers who stand mm-hmm. on stages and say, you know, if I can just help one person in the audience, I'll, I'll go home happy. I'd be like, there's 500 people in the in the audience. That's your standard one. If I can help oh one gosh. person in the audience, oh my god, that's appalling. You know. So, so, And if you can only help one, then your message is probably not very clear because the 499 had no clue what you were talking about. You know, I have so to stop my you for a moment.
1: Is, I apologize. I have said that. I said it yesterday. Well, stop saying it.
4: I'm going to. I'm never so, saying it again.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: if I can just help one person. Really, I'm never because, saying it again. You're not going to feel happy if you can just help one person, not if you have grand ambitions to make a significant impact on the world. You know, if you're a psychiatrist and you have a practice – where you have 30 clients, then yes, making an impact in one person's life, absolutely, that is, a, that is absolutely important. Absolutely. I'm talking about public forums. I'm talking about bully pulpits. I'm talking about people on the radio, on television, and standing on stages where they have hundreds of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people tuning in. And one is too low a standard. Right? If, 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 it, if it's amongst your friends, absolutely, great standard. Right? I'm talking about bully pulpits. And so when I show up to an audience, my standard is: how can I help the vast majority of people in this room see the world differently than they saw it before, or reinforce a notion that they had and they needed—they needed somebody else to affirm it—so it'll give them the courage to continue with the vision that they have, you know? And that's the standard. And so, if I fall short of the standard, that's my problem. That means I'm not being clear. That means my concepts are not are not resonating. I can't blame the audience. I can only blame myself. So, so the, the standard to show up and have an impact on the majority of people in a room makes you change the way you do things so the majority of people in the room will resonate with the things you're saying. And that, to me, is, is, a, is a worthwhile standard. And so um, if I had this grand vision of, of creating the vast majority of people, you know, the changing the way the vast majority of people think about their work, then my, I have a lot of work to do. And so for everything that I've been able to achieve or accomplish, for me, it's all tip of the iceberg. Like, it's wonderful, and I see it as momentum, <clears throat> and it's proof that I'm moving in the right direction, and I'll continue to work hard because the momentum is growing, but I still have a lifetime of work to do.
1: That is astounding information, and, I, and I, like I said, I feel like I'm alone wow. in a room, and I'm getting like an amazing counseling session, <laughs> speaking of um, being in a psychiatric office. But thank you. You know, it's interesting to me that when I would say that, like, if I can help one person, I feel I've done my job. Well, that's total crap. I haven't done my job. Of course
4: job. It's crap. Of course it's crap. <laughs> it's it's, you haven't done your job. And at the end of the day, you're going to go home and everyone's going to say, you know, nobody really tunes into your show and, you know, people aren't really interested and the ratings are down or whatever, what advertising sells it, I don't know, whatever your metric is, you know, mm. and you're not going to sit in your room and be like, well, I helped one person, you know, like that. That's a rationalization. That's, a, that's a, a soothing balm that'll last for about an hour or two.
1: You're right, and I've actually done some studying on rationalizing, and you're right, it doesn't serve anything. It serves nothing. It's a it rationalization.
4: Serves- the, the standards are high, and we have to hold ourselves and each other to high standards so that we will make a significant impact. You know, that- Martin Luther King didn't stand on the, on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial and say, I have a dream that one person, just one person, right. you know, will feel equal amongst in this world.
1: (laughs) Right, and that all began with his why. So then there's, you know, I have so many things running through my head and I'm trying to be open in general for all of our listeners. But obviously, though, my conversation is with you right now. So I'm thinking like, okay, great. How can I stop with the crap statements of if I can help one person? Because you're right, that's junk. Why would I be doing this if I only wanted one person to hear me? Mm -hmm. I want the world to hear me. I want the world Mm -hmm. to see what I'm doing and I want them to love it with me or love, you know, mm-hmm. do something else with that, which, you know, it leads me to ask you, I was seeing, um, you know, I saw in your bio that you, you know, help, you know, do charities for providing water for people that don't have it. And, and so that was interesting to me. What, what was it about that, that, you know, sparked your interest or, you know, sparked that mm-hmm. passion in you? I mean, obviously we need water as humans to survive. That's a, a need, but um it was just interesting to me to ask you, like, what sparked, what sparked that um, for you for your charity work? It,
4: it was the relationship I had with Scott Harrison, who's the founder of Charity Water, the, okay. the, the, the charity that um, intends to, to bring uh, clean drinking water to the 700 million people in the world who don't have it. And Scott has a remarkable um, uh, story of, of where he was motivated by self-interest and money, and it was all about him and um he had a very very scary uh experience where you know some basically somebody was threatening him and he realized he had to change his ways the life that he was living a selfish narcissistic life was would, would, would probably end in his death um and so he he made this profound change in his life uh to commit himself to a life of service and surrounded himself with people who were committed to a life of service and i was so inspired by him and his story um um, that I wanted to support his organization, and, and I am I am I am what they call a well member, um, okay. uh, at Charity Water. Uh, but I'm I'm um, yes, I'm committed to bringing uh, clean drinking water to the 700 million people who don't have it, because at the end of the day, that will solve so many problems, so many problems of war and terrorism, and like you just you know, schooling and all of that because young girls and young boys are having to walk miles and miles and miles to get water when they should be going to school. It solves so many problems. Water is the root of so many wars. Um, But at the end of the day, for me, it's, it's about a life of service.
1: And you have fully committed yourself to a life of service, so I can see how that you would be drawn to that. And I feel in my own experience I'm drawn to people's brokenness, especially when they can share it humbly, and and use it to fulfill a purpose that is so um, positive for themselves and for other people. So you said it's Charity Water. Is the organization, mm-hmm. is it Charity Water?
4: Charity Water. Charity Water. Um, it's an amazing organization. They give 100% of donations to the cause. It's not one of these places that, you know, all of your donations go towards their overhead, um, 100%. All of their overhead is donated from uh, private sources, and so all of the public donations, 100%, um, go directly to the cause that we're, that we, that we're giving to. Um, and if you, you look them up and you look at the ratings, you know um, there are organizations that rate charities how well they do at, at actually doing their mission, and Charity Water gets the highest rating that exists.
1: That's amazing. I'm going to know, I know that I'm going to go um, and definitely look at that site. It's charitywater.org. And for those that want to follow you, I know you're on Twitter at Simon Sinek as well as on Instagram. And then you do have a blog at simonsinek.com.
4: Yeah, and uh, we have a website, startwithwhy.com, that has a lot of resources for people who want to learn more about these things. Um, and Facebook and all the usual suspects.
1: Oh, the usual suspects. I know. I don't even know how you keep up with it. Hopefully, you've got great help with
4: all your uh, social media. I do my at, own background. Instagram, and I do my own Twitter.
1: Oh, that's great. Okay, that's great to know. I know I do follow you on those. Um, and we have, what another, would we have be, another
4: Instagram um, called Simon Cynic Inspires, which we put up some of the oh. quotes. Which is, oh, that's which is great. Nice, fun. Okay, yeah. Simon Sinek Inspires. Lots of stuff. Lots of stuff.
1: Lots of stuff. I, You know, and I, and I think – right, we live in a society of of stuff. So where people are posting this and pulling that, it's really nice to see the positive things and the things that are encouraging. So, you know, you've definitely got me thinking of, you know, I'm going to spend some time today thinking about this, uh, sharing in your vision of inspiring and, and really kind of pushing myself to raise my standards, <laughs> raise the bar. How ironic that that's what this show is called, raising the bar. And I realized, I realized that I didn't, realize that I wasn't setting my bar high enough. So I appreciate, uh, I like that you kind of called me on some of those things. I like that. I I like a challenge. Um, It makes me want to continue really, really stretching and growing myself today. So I want to be conscious of your time. And um, I thank you for being here. Definitely. You know, if you could leave our listeners with a few statements today, what would those be? What would be a great starting place for someone to really get in touch with figuring out what their why is? Because, again, it's not an easy thing to articulate.
4: So the most, I think the, the biggest lesson I learned in my life that changed the course of my life was that I don't have to know all the answers, and when I don't, I don't have to pretend that I do. And <laughs> life is difficult and dangerous. And we, we're, you're mad to think that you can do something difficult or dangerous by yourself, you know? You would never go out into the wilderness by yourself. You would always take somebody with you, Right. And so life is difficult and dangerous, so this, you don't have to do it by yourself. And the most important thing we can do, the most important question, uh, the most important lesson we can learn is to ask for help when we need it, to admit we don't know things when we don't know them, and to accept help when it's offered. What I learned was there were, we are surrounded by people who are willing to help, but when we don't admit that we need it, they don't offer it because they just don't think that we need it. So all this lying, hiding, and faking that we all do so often um, is really self-destructive. Like I said, life and careers and all of these things are difficult and dangerous. And difficult and dangerous things should be done um, with friends and colleagues who care about us and love us. It's just a safer way to to go through the world.
1: What would you say is the best way to ask for help? I know that's kind of a broad question, but you know, in, in thinking of things when you have that vision and you have that destination in your mind and you're not exactly sure of the journey, how, how do people ask for help? Where do they find those people if they're not right around them?
4: There's multiple ways. I mean, uh, talking about it obsessively is one of them, and that's what I do, <laughs> right? I spend right. <laughs> Everything I do, I say, here's my vision. Not 100% sure how to get there. If you have some ideas, I'm open to them, right? But I know I've got to get there, Right. Um, and I'm looking for people to try things and do things, even without me, that will help advance that vision. So I'm very open about the fact that I don't know the root. I know some of it. You know, I'm learning more every day. Um, and so I think the, 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 the challenge is just to talk about it, just to get, get in the habit, both with the people around us and our friends and when we meet people, and you just get in the habit of, of saying what you believe where you're trying to get to whether it's your vision or you're following uh, a vision of somebody you admire either one is fine and you just talk about it obsess obsessively and saying you know and the the, the joy of my life and the joy of my career is trying to find the way to bring that vision to life just the admission that you're trying to figure it out is basically saying i'm all, i'm open i'm open to ideas as opposed to saying i've got it all figured out
1: i'm so you know, glad henry, to hear henry that.
4: ford henry ford henry ford said if we think we if you think you can or you think you can't you're right absolutely so so the optimism that we can build it but that we need to build it with others is, is is foundational.
1: You know, you have taught me so much in this short time with you. You really have. And um, I know we've never been able to meet, although I feel a huge, awesome bond with you in the most non-creepy way. <laughs> I mean that. Uh-huh. But you've, you've taught me so much because now I don't – I guess I didn't realize that I thought I – let me restate that. I think I thought I had to appear that I had it all figured out. You hear so many people say, fake it till you make it. And I don't want to fake it. I want to be transparent and I want to be authentic. Uh, I feel validated, although maybe I didn't even realize I was seeking validation and in, in being okay with saying, guess what? I don't know how to move uh-huh. forward. So thank you for that. It, it really yeah. takes, a, it takes a ton of stress away from something that – doesn't need to be stressful for those reasons. I I, I would like to think that things don't need to be stressful at all, but you know, stress happens. So I I feel like I can roll with it a lot easier now, even in my vision or of my destination, just from the words that you just shared with me. And I know you've gotten thanked a million times. You're welcome. It feels weird to even say you're welcome because you were definitely created to, you know, share your message with the world and, and, um, the word thank you may be not even enough, but I just hope you know that I'm going to remember this forever and I'm going to build it. I appreciate a- it.
4: Thank you. I,
1: I'm going to build off and I of hope you, what- And
4: I hope you continue to build it and share it yourself so, because together you and I are much more powerful than me by myself.
1: love that i mean i may reach back out to you (laughs) you know and i'm going to use these words that you've given to me because right now i may not have all of my own so thank you for giving me those things so simon thank you again for being with us today i hope you enjoy the rest of your day and you have a great weekend again please go to startwithwhy.com find simon simon on all forms of social media and um we would love to have you back at some point but i look so forward to just learning more from you thanks again
4: thank you so much
1: Enjoy your weekend, Simon.
4: Too. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye. Uh, for all of you that have been listening, again, you're listening to Raising the Bar. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to kind of wrap up and see how we can get you started in identifying your why.
2: us on twitter at voice TRN. get the lowdown on guests new shows and your favorites that's voice america trn
3: have you considered expanding your family through adoption but don't know where to start are you looking to get some answers and direction on how and where to start reach out to the community at the echo foundation the echo foundation offers five distinct areas of support for those children in need throughout the world we are here to support you and guide you through your process and beyond for more information please visit amybrado.com and click on the echo foundation that's amybrado.com and click the echo foundation
2: do you feel alone trying to conquer life's challenges Do you feel that there's sometimes nowhere to turn and nobody really understands? Remember, you are not alone. Every week, host April Joy Ford, who has faced adversity as a constant in her life, helps you rise above life's challenges with your own blueprint, meant to discover the powerful you. April's challenges have included childhood sexual abuse, becoming a widow and single parent at 32, and other such curveballs. She'll help you get empowered holistically every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment.
0: We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to Raising the Bar with Amy Bredo. We'd love to hear from you with any comments or questions about the show. The email address is amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. That's amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. Now, back to the show.
1: And welcome back from the break. This is Amy Bredo. You've been listening to Raising the Bar with our amazing guest, Simon Sinek. You know, for those of you that may have just jumped on, please go back and listen to this entire broadcast because my life has literally just changed in the last few moments. Again, those of you that are loyal listeners, I thank you so much. I want to hear from you. Please, please, please reach out at amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. Feel free to follow me on social media. I'm on Facebook under Amy Bredow, Instagram, and Instagram. And Twitter, I would love to just get some feedback from maybe the things that you've learned from today. We're talking about not what we do, not how we do it, but why we do it and how that feeds us um, in our soul, how it feeds those that are around us and how we can inspire other people. I realized in my conversation with Simon that I've been putting so much pressure on myself to know not only exactly what I'm doing, exactly how I'm going to get there. I know why I'm doing it, guess what? I don't know all those things. I don't know how to build great orphanages. I don't know how to inspire or encourage people to adopt fatherless children all over the world and here in the U.S. I know I talk about Ethiopia a lot because Africa is where I've been drawn. I know people that are just as passionate about India or Asia or Russia or all different places. But at the end of the day, it's my why. Why do I do what I do? And I want to encourage you to really sit down and think about that. Think about um, the fact that we don't need to pretend to know everything, but just know where you're going. You don't always have to know exactly how you're going to get there. There's relief in a lot of the lessons that we've learned today. So I hope you share in that with me. I feel relief in knowing that I don't always have to have it all together. I know that I will get there. I believe that I will get there. And I want to encourage you to believe that you'll get there. I feel some sense of uh, need to ask for forgiveness in some of the messages that I send over social media, whether it's LinkedIn, Facebook, or here on Raising the Bar, where I say if I can inspire just one person. I'm going to throw that away. I don't want to inspire just one person. I want to inspire and encourage each one of you that's listening to act you're not sure how to act or what to act on, let's wind it back in and talk about why. Why do we feel a sense to act or why do we feel a sense to serve? And that's how I want to drive you in that. So please, again, like I said, reach out. You can email the the, uh, Voice America. You can email me at amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com because I want to hear from you. I really, really do. I'm very curious to hear the feedback from this show. Simon Sinek is an amazing individual, and he just said it the best. I have a gift that I want to give. I wouldn't buy a birthday gift and leave it sitting on my counter. I have a gift that I want to give. So I want to challenge you to know or identify what your gift is. What we think our gifts are may only be such a small, small portion of, of what they really are created to be. So I want to encourage you without sounding cliche to really raise the bar in what you do. Do you lay down at night satisfied with your day? Do you wake up in the morning ready to attack whatever it is you're working on? Or are you just in that humdrum monotony of a life chasing a dollar and feeling like there's no purpose? We all have purpose, guys. We are all created for a purpose of giving, of serving, and feeling fulfilled. So until we meet again, I encourage you all to just really sit down, take some notes, think about what drives you, what inspires you. I guess start there. Start with the word inspiration on your paper and just start making a list. Again, I appreciate and value all of you. My listener base has grown over these last few months, and I'm so excited to continue this journey of talking about things I don't really know a whole lot about, some things I do, and just listening to the guests that we bring on and learning. So again, I'm going to look forward to hearing from all of you. I appreciate your listening. I encourage you to identify your why. And until we meet again next week on Raising the Bar, I am Amy Bredo, and I hope you all have a great day.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Raising the Bar. Please listen for another edition with your host, Amy Bredo, next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, get out there and keep raising the bar.